Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. We were in the middle of this conversation about CEOs and employees and keeping them on too long or letting go or opportunities. And I said, hold the phone. Let's just talk about it on this episode. So do the music now? Yes. Hello and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for founders and CEOs who want to create healthy business growth. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, alongside Justice Marimi, and we just kind of let you in right in the middle of this conversation, and we're going to keep it going because I just got off a call, and Justice just got off a call, and we get on to record this podcast, and I'm like, Justice, I got to tell you what I'm seeing here because I was surprised, but it's also not surprising because we've seen it before, but I've probably been on at least two coaching calls in the last week where this was a problem. Justice and I have been involved in projects where this was a problem. Uh, It's a big problem. It's a massive problem. What is going on, Justice, that founders and CEOs need to know about? So here's, here's where I'm at. We started this conversation talking about someone that you knew that had worked for you that was extremely talented in like a singular lane, like ridiculously talented in this singular lane. And I feel like this is one of the gifts of that you have in the place where you worked is where you guys found ridiculous talent and you put them in their lane. And so we were, we were covering, you know, a conversation you'd had with that person and how they were kind of, you know, ready for, just kind of like not in their sweet spot anymore. They've been moved from their sweet spot. And mm-hmm. it opened up this conversation where founders and CEOs will move people around that are from their sweet spot. And so we start talking about why is that happening? What creates that? And so I'm kind of curious as to you from like the calls that you just had, like you literally just got off of and some this week of where you were seeing that and where do you think it it stems from? And then I have some ideas on on some other things about letting people go. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And and I really resonate with this personally because I've been in the leadership position where my role was to maximize talent on the field and, and equip people to win. Uh, it's also one of the reasons why I have left jobs. And actually, so here's, here's kind of the employee perspective, I guess, on this to, to kind of let you in on this. I, Justice, you and I originally met and started working together when I hired you as a coach. And yep. if I were to think back to what was the thing I was after then, it was I had this belief that if I could f- figure out what I am uniquely gifted to do, like what is my skill set, my gift to the world, and then I could spend, find a way to spend 80% or more of my time doing that then I will be really happy and successful and all the other stuff will just come naturally. But I just want to focus on using my gifts and being a really good steward of those. And what I, the more I learned about that, the more I was noticing 
in my my current role, I was like maybe 20% using them. And mm-hmm. and then there were some things happened where it was like shrinking to 15%. And it was like getting squunched <laughs> yes. down. And eventually <laughs> it was like, it was time to go. And so mm. that's kind of the team member's perspective. I don't think everyone is is coming at it through that uh, like that level of process of like, oh, I hired a coach and then I figured this out. But they feel it nonetheless. Yes. Like they feel yes. it. And and I know you've seen this a lot on the the teams that you've been a part of, Justice. And I oh, honestly yeah. cannot remember what your original <laughs> question was at this point. <laughs> but that that to me is a starting point. So if you're a founder or CEO listening to this, your team, they have, whether they're conscious or aware of it or not, they have things that they're like, I'm good at this. I like it. And they have things that yeah. they're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yes. Okay. So let me hit it from, from two different spots. Cause you even just talking on that got two ideas. I want to talk about it from as a coach, what I see, cause I get approached by a lot of people working somewhere where they're going from, you know, 80% fulfillment at work to, again, the window closes like 60, then 50, then 20, then 10. And they're like watching it like not become a desire <laughs> anymore. And so I coach a lot of these people that are, that are in this, in this position. So then the other side is the founder side that I want to hit on the CEO founder side, where they are seeing the business move in a certain direction that that person or that role is becoming 80%, 60%, 50% as important as it used to be. And so I want to hit it from the employee side and you can speak into it as well. But what I see on the employee side is, um, Usually when you have someone that's in their sweet spot, that's really, really good, they either the company grows or because they're good at, they're just so uniquely talented, they take on additional responsibilities without setting the boundary of this is what I'm paid to do and what I'm I'm here to do. And so they then open up more doors for them to take on more tasks, more responsibilities, and they just don't have good boundaries. They don't want to say no. And it was like, like, that's not my skill set. Why would you have me do such a thing? Um, and and they think oh, I'm not. I've literally heard this before. Like I don't want my boss or my 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 other uh, coworkers to think I'm not a team player. I've heard I've heard that. Like I don't want people to think I'm not a team player. Um, and so there's unhealthy boundaries. The other side that I've seen, and I've been this employee before, is that they are watching their role become less and less relevant. Um, so they can often see the window um, closing before the CEO or the founder can like they're because they're so uniquely gifted and they're they're actually living um, in the battle per se that they're going. My role was hired for a certain battle and this battle has been won <laughs> and there isn't another battle that uses my skill set here at this company. So what am I going to do? And so they, they honestly get bored. Like they begin to get like bored. And like, if you have a highly talented employee, like really talented, like uniquely talented, really good at what they're doing, you don't want them bored because they're instantly going to go, what is my purpose here? They're always wondering, am I bringing value to this place? And what is my purpose in the company? Because they want to, they want, they want their scorecard to show that they're doing a good job. In fact, they want it to show that they're doing a great job. They're high performers. So they're like, I overexcelled. Did I hit my bonuses? 
did I hit my thing? And the bonuses are great, but what they're really wondering is like, did I crush it? Like, I know I crushed it. Did I crush it? Like the money's awesome, but they are high performers. And so that's the employee perspective I see. Deacon, is there anything that you've seen from the employee perspective as far as um, when that window starts to close as far as fulfillment and purpose in the workplace? Let me give you, I I guess, a specific example. And this one isn't so much around the window closing, but this is a common example. And I was uh, working through this with a... uh, a founder earlier this week. And it happens where somebody is like really good at their thing. And what usually happens when somebody's really good at their thing is uh, they're, they're efficient, they're hitting their numbers, all these things, everybody's happy and satisfied. And then there's kind of like two reactions to this. One path is, well, gosh, they're doing so good at that. I should throw them more stuff. Hmm. And the, the problem with that is you're, not actually evaluating like what they're good at. You're just saying they're good at it. So I'm going to give them this thing. And the thing you give them might not necessarily be related to why they were good at the other. Yes. That's so good. And so you wind up collecting these tasks under a quote unquote reliable team player that are, that should not be there. And then, so I come in later and I'm looking at this. So if you follow like the traction model, the, the EOS model, there's this really powerful part that I, I love called the accountability chart. And the mm. accountability chart is essentially like who should be, not who the person, but like where is accountability, like who's accountable for what? You know, mm. the finance department is accountable for making sure the money's there, the books, collections, those kinds of things. The sales department makes the sales. The two don't really do the other one's job. Mm-hmm. But when you some what often happens is is this talented employee will amass this weird collection of stuff and mm-hmm. it's and it's just it's almost like things that were important i gave to them yeah. but <laughs> but it might not have anything to do with yeah. their skill set so that's like yes. one path and one symptom i see um i want to pause there let me jot down a note so i don't forget the other Oh yeah. Okay. I wrote that down. I won't forget the other path, but justice, I think you have seen this happen before and I'd love to hear just your take on it, your insight, because it's not always, they don't always wind up thinking like, yeah, I got all this stuff. I'm living large on (laughs) responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, for that employee, here's the deal. If you, the people we're talking about are extremely talented. So it, we're not talking about your average employee that's just like good at doing their work, does the nine to five, wants to go home. We're talking about people that are, are kind of entrepreneurial. Like they figure stuff out quickly. They they can think without you holding their hand. They're going to solve problems before they bring problems to you. They've thought of other ways to have it solved but they want to like make sure they can move forward. They have extreme ownership. Like these are top tier employees. They're the kind of people that when I coach them, I'm more impressed with them. Like I'm kind of like the whole time I'm just like, wow, you're like really, really good. Justice, would you say they're the kind of team members that it makes you just want to give them all of your tasks? (laughs) Yes. 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 And so what happens is you it's, it's almost like you need to look at them. 
and I've said this many times, like, like a, like a, like a, like a Lamborghini, like a Ferrari, like you have to be careful what kind of oil you put in there. You have to be careful what kind of tires you put there. You have to be like, they're a high performance vehicle. So you give them a specific task. You're not going to ask a Lamborghini to go rock climbing, like to go, like go over like a mountain and go set some new trails. You're going to say, this is what you do. My responsibility is to make sure that I give you the opportunities to like really crush more and more of what you're really, really good at. Can they do other things? Yes. Can they do other things well? Yes. Do you want them to do other things well? No. Um, (laughs) You don't. You really don't want them to do those other things. It's okay if you have other tasks that are not meant for high performers that you give to a part-time employee, someone that's more administrative, but you have to ask yourself as the owner because you've hired geniuses. Am I, am I, does this work deserve to be put on this person's plate? Is there a, is there, can I have a conversation with them about what they're seeing and opportunities that they'd like to pursue within the company that could open up new profit centers that could open up new opportunities that utilize their skill set if they're at a place where they're bored. Otherwise, it's your job as the visionary CEO to go get them bigger responsibilities that align with their skill set because that they're hungry for that. They they want more of what they're wired to do. That's there's so they want to feel alive. They want to feel like they're performing at a high level. I was working with a with a business owner this week and one of the the big things we were talking about was was your job in leadership isn't just task management and delegation and making sure there's butts and seats. And I think that's a lot of like they were they were kind of thinking at that level, you know, like I got to get this done, I got to get that done, I got to staff that role. Your role as the leader is is like to equip your team to win. That's part of it. And the other part of it is, is like knowing who your team is. And a big uh, like mantra that we have, I've run all my businesses by is uh, from Jim Collins book, Good to Great. Uh, mm-hmm. I've read this book loads of times and I've used this and applied it a lot. You'll probably hear it on this podcast a lot. So you might as well just go listen to the book if you haven't already. <laughs> he talks about get the right people on the bus. All right. Well, you're at that stage, right? That right person is on the bus. But then the next stage of that is get the right people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where it can be really easy to just give them all the stuff because you've got the right people on the bus. Uh, yeah. But the really magical part is when you put them in the right seats. And to do that, you have so to, good. that is like your role as the leader. And to do that well, you have to know your team well enough to know you're good at this. You're good at this. Justice, you and I were talking about this, this like side project we were working on recently, like, like for fun with somebody that we really want to help. And justice is phenomenal at community and all of this stuff. And if you, but if you want him to do the admin side of things, (laughs) like shoot me now. It's not going to happen. That calendar invite isn't coming. No. You're <laughs> and so we were just talking about, I was like, dude, that stuff that you're really bad at, like what, maybe I'll just help you out with that because I actually do that for fun. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so 
your job as the leader is to know like who's good at what, what do they like to do and where do they want to go? And that's a huge part of their satisfaction. Yeah. But also like putting them in the right seat so the team can be effective and giving them the right types of tasks. Like when a task comes up, say me and justice were running a little business here, uh, some weird project comes in where it's like, gosh, this calendar needs to be organized and my email's a disaster. It needs to get sorted. I would never give that to you, Justice. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> no, I I feel honored. I feel I feel loved. Honestly, that you would do that, you would not give me that because you know me well enough. So, so that's like the role of leadership. It's not just task delegation and and butts and seats. It's like who are those people? What are they good at? And how do you empower them to be more of who they are? Um, there's another really common path that happens here is, is this reaction where like, I've got this really good person. And this is, again, I, I keep saying this. I, <laughs> my coaching calls this week, like touched on this stuff so much, like mm. totally different businesses. And the other common path is, ah, this guy should be the manager. <laughs> so yes. now, so now you're managing people and oh. because you're good at task, whatever, uh, you are going to be the perfect person to lead the team to do those tasks because who does those tasks better than you? That's a really common, commonly like that's, that's honestly how like our society works. Mm-hmm. Um, they call them in this, this book I was reading calls them E leaders for expert leaders, which is like they ascended through the path of expertise. That's how they became a leader. And so their leadership derives from the fact that they are an expert in that themselves. Mm. Um, that's, that's from a book called, uh, you can't know it all, which, uh, I highly recommend is especially if you are somebody who was in the position that I was at the time <laughs> leading teams of people that you don't understand what it is that they do. Like, <laughs> uh, you can do that really effectively, but yeah, I would recommend the book, but so- that's a, that's a common path. This is this is hitting on some stuff and it's it's I want to hit something from the like the founder the CEO point of view on especially so I had a coaching call recently and I know that this CEO wants to hold on to this team member cuz the team member is loyal cuz the team member has been there for a while has done stuff he didn't necessarily he wasn't wired to do but he did it with a smile um and he's He's talented, but there is no room on the bus. And he's, he's this team player starting to get frustrated. Um, and so I want to talk about how often I see CEOs hold on to talent when there is no opportunity for them. And a lot of times I see it as this Messiah complex, which is only like, I am the provider for him and his family. I am the only way that this guy can do it. So I can't let him go. Look at all of these positive traits, even though there's no room for him on the bus, he's not supposed to be here. And what ends up happening is that employee a lot of times will become embittered, will become like, man, like you keep promising me new things, but I'm not seeing a way to do this. And it would just be better if you let me go. Just let me go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I think I've been in that situation myself. (laughs) <laughs> I think back, I think I've been that employee and I got some odd jobs and some mm-hmm. weird stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I look up and I'm like not spending any time in my zone of genius. Yeah. And it wasn't very 
fun. But you're right. I see this from the CEO side. It's like either the business changes or it grows and evolves, or maybe they were originally joined the team for something that was a little bit more temporary or it was a smaller thing, but they were a fantastic fit. You know, they should be on the bus. So you just bring yeah. them on. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting because as you say that, I'm thinking about ways that I've done this well, where I've like created roles out of nothing just to get somebody on the bus. Uh, this is almost like the opposite of that. It's like doing it poorly to keep them on the bus. Yeah. Get off the bus justice. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it, like, if, if you think about it, it's hard for the CEO because they see all of this talent and then they think there's got to be space for them here. I just hate to lose this kind of talent. And, it, and part of it is like this poverty mindset of like, I won't be able to get talent like this person ever again. And it's like, that's a good no, point. You know, like you can, they're out there. Like, yes, they're very talented, but look, you somehow found them. So and if you listen to episode nine, you can find more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it really is like, and so what happens is you think your team is the only team out there that can perform at a high level. And so if you lose any of them, what does that say about you? What does it say about your business? And so you get inside your head, you get inside your ego, and you just start thinking from like a very poverty mindset. And I literally had this conversation like yesterday where I was, I was going like, and again, a a great book for here is Necessary Endings. It is a wonderful book. I recommend it to anyone that I can tell is struggling with letting someone go. I go, go listen to necessary endings. It will put everything in perspective. So you don't feel like, um, you don't feel evil for letting someone go. That's been loyal and is a good person and is very talented. Those are the hardest people to let go. It really is. And then the other part as the founder and the CEO is if there isn't any room for, ridiculously talented people on your team, you do in some times have to look internally and go, have I done something to the business that is turning away great talent? That's not affording great opportunity for great talent. And that is a conversation at the right time that you can have with your higher ups. Just going, hey, I'm seeing that Mary's role is becoming not something that we need here. I just want to ask you guys as our executive team, is there anything that we're doing that's pushing away great talent that isn't providing opportunity? We don't need to create opportunity just because there is great talent, but is there anything that we're doing as a business that's taking away um, opportunity for great talent? So I think for for some businesses, the CEO has come out of that place of being in their sweet spot. And because they're not in their sweet spot anymore, there you're seeing other roles become unnecessary or great talent will leave because there isn't, there's a lack of vision. There's a lack of like uh, R and D like taking risks. Um, there's, there's a lack of focus. Um, so you will see sometimes that talent roles becoming irrelevant because the visionary is distracted, is just not focused, is not, is not pushing the company forward. Yeah. I've, I feel like I see this most often where there, it's like with really talented and with team members and, and oftentimes they're talented, like in their zone of genius might be only 10 yards on a hundred yard field and the business might not be able to use all 10 yards of that. Maybe they only have enough capacity for two yards of the 10 mm-hmm. yards. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I got into this. <laughs> 
I'm like, Slice I'm like, football I'm like, field man, I'm on the football field right but now. But the map I see is it. easy. So I'm like, I'm going with it. <laughs> so the business can only use up like two yards of that. And so instead of filling the rest of it with, with like other crap to just justify them being on the team, hmm. I guess I, I really encourage people to look at how else could this relationship work? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, Oh, you've got, sales volume, but you can't support them full time, but you guys love working together. Cool. How could this work so that they were only, you were only using two yards of them and they can go be themselves. What they give you in return will be so much better than if you ask them to do other weird stuff outside of their zone of genius. Yes. Yes. And what I notice about CEOs is that is a very, I think you nailed it with the poverty mindset, that scarcity mindset. Like it's very hard to take somebody like that and not just like hoard them, Mm -hmm. but have the discipline to like fiercely defend their borders Mm -hmm. and be like, do not ask my world-class copywriter to like manage people. Like that (laughs) is a huge waste. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yes, I agree. I've seen this happen time and time again with different CEOs. Well, they will take the very person who's doing an amazing job in their sweet spot, give them more responsibility to the point where that person leaves, where they're just like, because here's the other thing that happens. They be, they don't do as well with these other responsibilities. So then they question whether or not they're useful to the company. Because they're not doing well. Yeah, or, so they, or they just really hate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, I don't like this and I'm not good at it. I must not be useful here. So let me go. You obviously need a manager. You don't need a copywriter, a world-class copywriter. You need more management. So I'm not a good manager. I must, it, it must be time for me to go. And let me just say with those highly talented people, they don't, most often, they don't have a problem leaving. Yeah, they're they're pretty talented. Yes. And they they know like even when they don't know what's next, they would rather know they'd rather not feel like they're not doing a good job than be in a place where they're doing a mediocre job or doing stuff that they don't like. So they'll just go, ah, "I'll risk it. I'm out." I'll just Yeah. I'll go. So I guess this one of the what are the symptoms? I, so I have one symptom in mind where if you're sitting there listening and going like, am I doing this? <laughs> one of the things that I notice is, is like dissatisfaction in high performance roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you might see turnover, but it's not always like people leaving. But if you've had like a number of talented people leave, I would be like, what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what, am, what am I doing? What changes happened around that time? Like, did anything like, what can I learn? Like something changed. Yeah. Um, most of the time, like they're leaving, they always say, uh, people quit bosses, not jobs. Dude. And, and I think, and I think what that's saying is like, Oh, my boss doesn't know me or, or even if they're not consciously saying this, doesn't know me, my skill sets, my talents, it doesn't know how to use me. So, I'm going to, I, this isn't a fit. That's like one symptom is like talent leaving the building Mm -hmm. is a Mm -hmm. big red flag. Uh, and I'm trying to think of what the symptoms are where, cause we also see this where this is happening like crazy, but the talent is still there and it's just a total mess. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think it's funny if you as the CEO are thinking, gosh, if you're changing the roadmap a lot, I saw this this video once where the guy said, hey, I kept losing high talent. Like I just kept losing it. And then I realized I was always changing the roadmap. I was always changing the roadmap. And so eventually they just would leave. And so he finally got to this place where he said, I'm just going to play the servant to my high talent and I'm just going to serve them based on where we know we need to go. And then I'm going to serve them and give whatever they need in order to do an excellent job. And so I would say one of, one of the things that I see is that the CEO is far removed from the employees to where he, someone else, maybe a consultant would have a better understanding what the employees are actually thinking than the actual boss. The boss should have a pretty close ear to the street of how people are doing on his team, where they feel comfortable just telling him anything because he sees their talent. He knows how good they are. He trusts them as hard workers. And I mean, that's all done on like weekly one-on-ones, you know, quarterly touching base. It's nothing special. It's not saying like, hey, call all of your employees every night on their way home from work. Um, (laughs) It's just saying, if you aren't doing some of those simple things of like, if your top executive team, if you're not on a phone with them every week or in a meeting with them every week, where at least the question is being asked, hey, how's the team? Like, are they in a good place? Is anyone frustrated? Is everyone having a hard time? Why do you think that that is? Is there anything that I can do um, to support them in their role? Is it anything that we're doing to get, that's getting in the way of them doing an excellent job? Um, a lot of times in, in my, when I'm leading people, when we have our one-on-ones, one of my number one questions is, hey, how can I support you this week? What, is it, what does it look like to support you this week? Because I want, not only do I want them hearing that question going, oh, my boss is, is thinking for me. I never have to question whether his intentions But the other side is I want them to be thinking about their role and their responsibilities that week and going, uh, man, is there anything, any task that doesn't align with my sweet spot that he would be willing to take that I can tell him like, yeah, this thing that I'm doing, it's not, I need to focus on this, this, get this out of my way. Um, And I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Let me get it out of your way. Thank you for letting me know. I just jotted down a, a note while you were talking, Justice. We have to do a podcast on one-on-ones. Oh, So I, yes. if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm always surprised how many businesses I go into when I ask about, you know, are you doing one-on-ones? Who are your direct reports? That kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, not really. We're getting by. I talk to them <laughs> when I need to. That kind of stuff. But this is a really important part of that. We need to do an episode yes. on that. And we need to do it soon. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Justice, let's wrap this up with a couple, just to like pull this stuff yes. together, uh, give founders and CEOs a couple ways to think about this. Yes. So when you're thinking about your team, one of the ways that we don't want you to think is how can I give responsibilities and tasks to my team? If you've got a highly talented team, they're not there to just take responsibilities and tasks. They're there to help drive the company forward. And so you have to think of them as these high-powered individuals that only do a really great job. You don't want them doing a great job at things that they're not great at. The way that you should be thinking is, okay, how do I best utilize these high-powered individuals to drive the company to new heights? 
Because not only will that satisfy you as the CEO, the company as a whole, but those high-powered like individuals will feel alive because they're getting to do what's in their sweet spot every single day. And we all want that. I love what you were saying there. It's They're not task takers, and now you don't have to worry about that task anymore. Uh, but, and, and to come at this from, to say the same thing, and this is probably more from the employee perspective. We started this episode, I was sharing with you that my perspective of, I want to spend 80% of my time in my sweet spot. If you, as a leader, start to get to know your team, I, I look at this as like a two-phase thing. Phase one is get to know the people on your team mm-hmm. and like what is their sweet spot. This comes out through conversations, and you'll hear more about that and how we run one-on-ones to help discover some of those things. But even if you don't have a, a template or a roadmap, like start to get to know what are they good at, what are the, where are their strengths, weaknesses, what do they like, what do they hate. Those kinds of things will help you understand who they are and what they're great at. Now, totally separate thing here, because you got to do this separately or it doesn't make sense. Look at their tasks. What are they being asked to do? And what are their job responsibilities? And if you look at those two lists together that you created separately, not influencing each other, (laughs) does it look weird? Is there anything on there that you're like, huh, I wonder why they're doing that? Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the the approach that I would take. And I often try to get business leaders to design roles, not just assign stuff to people. Yes. And that so that and that's kind of the, the mindset around that, I guess, is who are the people? What are the tasks? Did these line up right or is it weird? Yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better word. I love that, Deacon. That's really good. Thanks for joining us today on the Sharp Business Growth Podcast. Justice and I both work with founders and CEOs. We help them through problems like this one. If you want some help unraveling this mess that you have created as your business has grown, because we've all done it, you can find us at sharpbusinessgrowth.com. See you next time.